everybody. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we're here talking about La Musica. La Musica. Uh, What's good? Yeah. How how was your Thanksgiving, Reg? Oh, my Thanksgiving was great. <laughs> lots of turkey, lots of lots of uh, <laughs> lots of macaroni and cheese, lots of carbohydrates, lots of proteins, lots yeah. of cholesterol. Yeah, I like to accelerate my death by every you know good four or five years. <laughs> so that's good right now. I figure I'm gonna die when I'm a good fifty three. So mm. it's good, you know, it's nice, you know. Damn, dude, it was worth it though. That turkey was bomb. Damn, juicy. man, that it that's juicy turkey. Damn, we only wow. Yeah, okay, you know, this, 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 that's the way it is, dude. I'm trying. I'm trying to live to the fullest, man. The fullest? Oh, it's America. I think I'm, I think I'll be happy to go out. <laughs> <laughs> if 2020 ends up the way it looks like it's gonna end up, I think I'll be cool. 2021. <laughs> I'll check right right one. <laughs> Just let me get you know a new Grand Theft Auto video game, the last Star Wars trilogy, and I'm, and I'm out. I'm, I'm ready for the next world. Ooh. Oh man! Uh, but, uh, we always like to start this on a very sour uh, and, positive. And down I think positive. I, I personally think it's very positive. <laughs> it's like the twentieth time in the row now. <laughs> um, hope everybody is good. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, I'm gonna have an interesting segue. You know, Thanksgiving. Yep. So in Thanksgivings, it's gonna be gifts. And if there's gifts, it's gonna be video games. And our topic today is about intellectual property theft. That's right. You know, the you gift guys, that keeps on giving. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's something where you know, and, and it's it's a it's an old timey thing. Even though now there's a new age, new tech twist to it. It's something that's kind of continuously been happening. It's why we have copyright laws and why we've we've had to change things and sampling and everything else. But specifically, we're talking about a popular video game for all those kids out there, Fortnite. Which is basically Minecraft slash Call of Duty for 10-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that because I suck at it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so long story short, popular game, free to play on pretty much every fucking thing. If you've got a cell phone, a video game console, a tablet, a computer, pretty sure if you have a calculator, there's Fortnite on calculators. But uh, But long story short, it's known because... You know, it's a video game you play, and you're playing against other people. It's a battle royale game where it's 100 people playing the same map. But the big thing about it is beyond building things and shooting each other, you can have dances. And that's the big popular thing about it. It's, it's all about big popular, almost cartoony characters and dancing and moves you can do. And it's, it's kind of part of the appeal. Um, as a result, what they've done is they've got a lot of popular dances. But what's interesting is as opposed to, let's say, choosing the Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> Or let's say the, the Roger Rabbit, they specifically pilfered very, very hip hopian dances from very specific creators. It's not a case of where we're just gonna have these generic ass dance moves. It's like no, literally, this dance is the Millie Rock. Yeah. This dance belongs to Black Boy JB. Yeah, and that's where we get into the murky worlds of copyrights. Yeah, and, and it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, it's not like like we're doing like the Cabbage Patch. You know, we're not doing like. <laughs> I'm sure the copyright is expired on that, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, like these are dances that are, you know, in still in the cultural canon. These are dances that, you know, again, like I mean, they've become memes. But it's just kind of interesting, like to see a video game or any type of media properly like capitalize on it um, so quickly. Um, and the biggest thing about this is they take these dances. So they take the Millie Rock, they take the shoot dance. They make these dances. And I do, I don't play Fortnite. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to feel like my, you know, my dad, you know, talking about video games, but 
basically like they're kind of like um I guess like um what do they call those like in-game purchases, right? So yeah, you can buy purchase. these games. You can, you can buy these dances. That's you can that, buy yeah. these dances. You can buy you know, like these yeah. these are kind of like extras that you can buy. Um and they 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 basically I think Pitchfork says like you know, they kind of like give them like target names, you know, like a Walmart, like the Walmart, yeah. you know, just like generic names. Yeah. And and, and to rewind, going back to as, as somebody who's still out there in these e-game streets, <laughs> the thing about these uh, is in, in general about the ecosystem they kind of built up is the fact of where these, even though these games are free to play and you can play them anywhere, they kind of sell it to you where you want to have a complete character. So the idea is that by playing these games for free over time and to actually pay money to kind of accelerate the process, you collect everything. It's like the idea is that you want to have a lot of things at your disposal. So the, these dances are selling hand and foot because it's like, all right, here's the new game. Here's the, you know, all my friends have this dance and want to have this dance too. So there's that pressure there and the sales are off the roof enough where it's interesting because even the game itself, the developer at the time was kind of doing okay. Yeah, it, they, they, um, it's, a, it's a company called Epic who actually makes the, the basically they make a lot of the code that runs a lot of your other favorite games. But as a game developer themselves, they were just doing all right. Um, their one game was failing, um, called Paragons, and then this game was doing okay at best. But then they they basically unfortunately they bit this whole idea from another video game mm. called uh, Player Underground, mm-hmm. and now it became huge. But they sell something like uh, like a. a, a Something crazy like like a million, I mean a million, like um like a hundred million um transactions a month just yeah, no, off these skins. It's something where it's not just like oh, it's just like to because even though on an individual level it's like it's like five bucks for like a dance and shit. Yeah, it's like on a bigger level we're yeah, talking no. millions and millions no. and millions of dollars and, being sold for these transactions. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is so so yeah, you have these in-game purchases. You can get the Millie Rock, you can get the shoot dance. Yeah, you know they call it like the hip hop and they call it like the slide dance, whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, Black Boy J. JB, you know, like Millie Rock, like they're not seeing the proceeds. Yeah. You know, and like, so basically they're creating, you know, this, this viral sensation, they're creating the content. Um, and this, you know, video game company, uh, of probably all white males. I think, I think it's safe to say that. You know, um, is profiting off of this. Um, and not, and not just saying like, oh, it's profiting, you know, like they're kind of like, cultural appropriating this like they're actually using the same dances yeah i, I think it's and, <laughs> and selling them and making millions of dollars yeah and it's and it's kind of weird where it's like we're post cultural appropriation where it's not even the fact of where i'm taking it and saying it's mine it's like they don't really care it's just like i'm just putting in the game just yeah. to make my money yeah it's, it's pure it's capitalism at its purest form and what it's, i think is unfortunate is i think is and i remember back in the days when i was younger and i, I used to be happy to see hip-hop where I was like, oh, you know, here's this movie and some of this rap song comes on. Oh, that's a pretty cool thing because I remember back in the days where hip-hop wasn't really really readily accept- accepted by the bigger mainstream America, white America per se. Yeah. But we've went from that to where hip-hop is the first thing that they go to to oh, grab yeah. things for. Yeah. So like even like uh, I was reading around on that Pitchfork article about even this particular issue, they kind of threw out an old article that was written in... um. Fader Magazine by uh, Dorian St. Croix, where it's talking about the word fleek. And I didn't know this. You could literally trace the word fleek down to a specific Vine video mm. from like 2015, like yeah. down to, the, I mean, 2014, I believe, actually, like down to the day where yeah. they all just put up this Vine video talking about eyebrows. And then you've gone from that where, you know, some teenager somewhere is kind of talking about her eyebrows to like these multi 
actually billion dollar corporations. Oh yeah, borrowing that term. So it's kind of which we, we and we kind of reached a weird place where you know, on one hand it was an homage, on another end it was just kind of like oh we're stealing this because it's cool, and now we've kind of reached this like lazy capitalism where it's like they like this it makes money so now we're gonna make money. And I think it's worse unfortunate because you kind of locked everybody out where it's not even about like, oh, well, I'm showing an homage or so-and-so. It's like, you created this product. I can commodify this product and make millions of dollars. And it's really unfortunate because like going back to the Vine Girl, going back to even Black Boy, Black Boy's not like fucking Hove Rich. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? No, definitely. And it's, it's like, you know, these people could actually use the money. They could actually use the exposure too. But it's fucked up because we're at this point where the corporate mods is like, all right, this the I can make X amount of money selling this thing that's not necessarily copyrighted, so I will do so and take the money to the bank. Yeah, and, and speaking of copyright, like it, it's it's very interesting because this article talks about the fact that if this was a group choreographed dance, yes, it can actually uh, be copyrighted. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, but since it's it's considered a solo performance ah. it's not able to be copyrighted it's ah. like the most weirdest <laughs> and, and it's a legal loophole um and you know it's like it's not even like i'm like i don't even think the law was like you know trying to screw these people you know screw you know hip-hop culture over i just think that you know it's just one of those things where like the law was not did not expect the Millie Rock <laughs> <laughs> to blow up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, these you know, Epic Games has probably Epic lawyers who figured it out and figured out the way to maximize their profit, and they're doing so, you know. Yeah, and and I think it's unfortunate because I think in, in there and what I what I hate about it is is there's a cynicism behind it all because the game is huge no matter what, yeah. and the thing is they're gonna make the money no matter what. So it's the idea of where if they took those answers away now, it's like the, it's not. You could make the argument that yes, it gives them a certain cultural cachet. It adds to the cool factor. But it's not like if they remove the game, the dances now, the game's gonna crash. It's still gonna sell. And on the flip side, to throw JB Blockboy some money, yeah, no, it's not like it's it's, it's 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 to make money hand over fist. So give a percentage isn't that big of a fucking deal. I mean, like like it's really sad too. Like you know and I don't know anybody at Epic Games. I'm not calling them racist, but I, I think. I wouldn't call it racism. It's like short sightedness, right? Yeah, it, it goes, like I said, it's I, so, I. Yeah, I don't even think it's like it's. I don't even think it's cultural appropriation to a certain extent. I think it's just cynical capitalism. I think yeah. it could be anything. It could be you know any kind of, and it just happens to be that hip hop is the focus, and, and hip hop dances are cool. But what's depressing about it? You have to have some kind of morals. No, I mean, but but you know. You know, as somebody whose Xbox is it's collecting dust, <laughs> does not game anymore. I literally heard about Fortnite because of Drake, because Drake played it. Oh or yeah, like or like you know the Drake or like once somebody. It was Drake. Like, Drake. Drake yeah, yeah. and playing. Uh, I think the, the big Fortnite player is a guy called Ninja. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like that's literally how. I mean, I kind of heard about it, but that's literally how it kind of really got on my radar. All for all, they had to do was just yeah, throw them some money. Like your game is popular, it could be even more popular. Yeah, just like <laughs> if you had the buy-in of hip hop. Yeah, like like I feel like you know they, you know they're indebted to like Drake and like Black Boy and some of these other hip hop like stars who like actually play the game, who actually stream the game and like give them free promo. Yes, like bring them in, create a character. Yeah, and you know, I like 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 do so like use their music, like you yeah. like do something to like really make it authentic and really reach out to these people. 
that you're like profiting off of, you'll make even more money. Yeah. And, and, and that's I, the thing that's like that, that pisses me off about like short sightedness because you don't even see that. Yeah. And I agree. And, and the thing is, as somebody who's still kind of gamers, what's interesting about gaming is the fact that it's still, and at times it could be very toxic, but it's still a community. Whereas the idea of where just because you've got a really, generally the games that sell the best are generally the best games out there. Yeah. There's a, it's a very, as opposed to, let's say, movies, we can have a really bad movie selling a lot. I'm not going to say it doesn't really happen in video, in video game per se, but because word of mouth is such a big thing, because community is such a big thing, that if something's really good, it'll rise to the top. Something's really bad, it may have its run for a day or two, or I can say a day, probably a couple of weeks, but at a certain point, it disappears, which is why when you pretty much, it's one of the few times where if you look at the critically acclaimed games, versus the game sales, you're going to see a more direct correlation in this part of the industry, entertainment industry, than you would, let's say, in music or movies. Yeah. So what's depressing about that is, it, since they're kind of, there's, an, there's a focus on quality, there's a focus on putting these things in there, it's really disheartening where there's, there's a cynical look towards, like, you know, basically sharing the pie. And it's something where, like, it'd be nice where, like, I, I put it to you like this. So, like, um, so Sheck West. So like <laughs> everything always goes back to Check West, but like like the idea of where like you know that song's probably two years old now, and it's fucking viral, fucking, yeah. and then so what's what's weird about it is the fact of where you know it, it gets played for sports, like it's it's Dude, I yeah. Was, I was at a college football game like uh, University of Maryland, and the band was playing like uh, yeah. Check West, and it's and then the thing Crazy. is. There's that weird, and I'm not going to say he necessarily gets paid for everything, but when it gets played for, let's say, you know, before a game on NBC, an NBA game, he gets a little bit of something. It's directly related to Sheck West. It's symbiotic. What sucks about the idea of Fortnite is, is that in the theft, in that, in that corporate theft, is the fact that for most people, they have no idea who Black Boy JB is. Like, he's yeah. locked out of it completely, monetarily. Credit-wise, everything. Probably people even think it's probably even hip hop, and that's what's kind of disheartening about it all. Where it's a total like, this is ours now, and not for. And I guess it is. I don't think it's racist. I don't think it's even animosity. It's no. just it's just pure corporate. No. Like this makes money that we we can use this to make our product cool to in turn make money. So we're doing this because it's quote unquote free. Yeah, and I think I, th I think that's the thing. It's like you know, like I'm sure the game developers like, oh, this is cool. Like let's do this for this character. And then the lawyers are like, oh, well, you know, like, we can't pay the, these, these ruffians. Yeah. <laughs> this was this black boy, JB. <laughs> Is that his government name? <laughs> um... So yeah, no, it, it's kind of crazy. Like the the good thing is, you know, I I just saw that Millie Rock is going to sue uh, Epic Games. Yes, which is I think is great. Which is great. Which yeah. is awesome. I'm I'm glad. Like, like you know, because yeah, I mean, I don't think you know, like Black Boy, Millie Rock, you know, some of these other people who've created these dances, like they're not Drake. They don't have like lawyer, like you know, high power attorneys and things like that. So I was glad to see like, it's at least like there is some pushback. Yeah. And it's money to be made because like, look at in, in your feelings, in my feelings, because yeah, like, yeah. like, like how that song was, was a dope song, but suddenly you have a great dance behind it and bam, that's X amount where Drake admitted that because of that dance is why the song was so huge. Oh yeah. So it's a little fucked up where you have these basically marketing ideas, let's say, to, term it loosely and it gets stolen by corporations well, and take it to the bank yeah but like the difference between like you know in my feelings that challenge is like you know it's just like regular people and there's just like 
you know, I'm sure like you know, there, there's a few brands that kind of caught on. Yes, but like it wasn't like a brand selling that. Yeah, it literally, <laughs> it's, it's not like we know it as the Wendy's dance. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like you know, like that. I think that's the difference. Now it's like you're actually selling these likenesses for profit. Yeah, and so and and, and what's funny is the fact of where and what I hate about it is I feel like a lot of the times it's it's size of the corporation because I remember the big thing was a couple of years ago and it still is actually basically it's interesting where we're in a place where like like blurred lines, right? So the idea of where you write of you know, a song in the kind of the same genre of the same kind of wow guitar, yeah. suddenly you've got to pay the creator. But on the flip side, you've got all these car commercials where it's just like, oh, let me get a song that kind of sounds like Erica Badu. Or let me sound a song that sounds kind of like this current yeah. you know, Arcade Fire. And then those guys, you know, are able to kind of beat back the fucking lawsuit because it's, it's, it's you know what I'm saying? No, I feel you. I feel you. Like, I used to work in the ad industry and... It's yeah, it's crazy to kind of see that where it's like that's literally how they talk. Yeah, it's like I I can't. We don't want to pay. You know, we definitely don't want to pay this indie rock. You know, we don't want to pay Grizzly Bear yeah, yeah. X amount of money. However, we could hire four or five musicians and they could deconstruct the re- and build the song up again, a Vekazine version, and there we go. Uh, there's this thing called like, the Millennial Yale or whatever. All right, and it's just like it's in every kind of like it's all like when you ever hear like a, ukule- a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> And commercial, <laughs> they're literally like just copying Grizzly Bear and like you know, or, or like Foster the People or whatever. Yeah, no. And it's so it's so fun. It's it's funny to kind of be in the back rooms and kind of hear that. You know? Yeah, no, but that's the thing. It is, it's cynical. That's why I said it, I can't even say it's like oh they're trying to destroy hip hop. No, yada, no, yada. no. It's just it's, it's pure <laughs> fuck you money. Yeah, it's like it's pure stockholder type yeah. shit. No, it's, it's yeah. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, no, it's. It, it, it's Again, you know, hip hop has always been exploited. Um, so this is this is nothing new. I think it's just the medium that's new. Yeah, to be and and, and you, you see know. the direct correlation. Where in the past it's like, all right, they're kind of vaguely doing it, but yeah. it's kind of hard to kind of see like Black Boy JB do his dance, and then like the next second see like something on your phone pop up a commercial for Fortnite <laughs> and seeing a, a video game character do the same exact dance, yeah. knowing you know, yeah. so, it's kind of uh, in your face now. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I'm glad that Millie Rock is it's doing the lawsuit. I know like Cancer Rapper has spoken up and and kind of like really gone at at, at Fortnite. Um, it'd be very interesting to see if Drake speaks up because I know he has like he's in the the video game industry now. Yeah. Uh, if he's going if he's going go against his people. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that this is coming to light because again, like, like, like the, the beautiful thing about this era now is like, at least we have voices. Yes. You know, at least like we can galvanize support. Um, and I'm saying like people should stop playing Fortnite, but at least like pressuring Epic Games to actually do something yeah, to it, compensate these people. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and it's the idea of where there's enough to go around. It'd be one thing of Epic Game going back to even sampling where it's just like, you know, I nobody really sues like you know like Steve's on the block when he samples like fucking share like nobody's gonna go after him. Yeah. However, when the money becomes huge, you know, and it's and it's stakes at 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 that end, you want to you want everybody kind of get the fair portion, quote unquote, hopefully. Yeah. And and the same thing here, whereas it's like you know, I don't think Black Boy JB cares about them taking his game. What I think he cares about is the fact of it's not the Black Boy JB dance anymore. It's a Fortnite dance. Yeah. And he's got nothing out of it. So basically, he just sat there and created com- content for a multi-billion dollar corporation and got paid shit. At least I get paid something at my shitty ass yeah. job exploited at. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what the solution is because, like, you know, even in the article talking about, you know, like, that dance, 
was literally like you know it was one of those things where he didn't wake up and say oh i want to like make this dance go viral and blah, blah blah he just like started doing it on a video that's not even like the video that drake was doing it was like you know another like smaller video yeah and it kind of caught on and like, but it wasn't anything where he like was trying to actually profit off of this dance it was just trying to impress his friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah no it's 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 crazy to see where it's going um support everybody who's suing epic games and epic just pay up dude you got the money yeah come on man just pay up look you, all you gotta do is like you know for the next month or two don't order as many fucking you know hookers <laughs> look lower the coke intake lower the adderall it's just it's silicon valley it should be adderall <laughs> <laughs> You know, lower the shipment by a little bit, you know, <laughs> and then it's, it's like, that's all we want is, I think everybody is so unfair. I, I think right now, particularly in 2018, 19, the way the kind of world is, I think people just want a fair cut. It's like, they aren't really going to, they don't want, they don't want to restrict you, but they just want it to be fair. And that's yeah. all we're looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's all right. It. And, uh, I, and, I, and I think we'll discuss the big record of the week. The big record of the week. Yes. Know? Yes. There was a lowly. Years ago, I went to this place, this this thing called South by Southwest. And I saw this young gentleman called Anderson Pac. You know, play around a couple of venues. He was drumming, singing, do, doing his best to sell us on his music. And I was like, this guy, he'll go places. But did you know him as Breezy Lovejoy, though? Oh, you know, I, not, I, only, <laughs> I got on <laughs> stage two of the Pacness, not stage one. <laughs> like, like, it, like. Well, it was a hor- this is a horrible name, let's be honest. Oh, no, like, like. Uh, I, I mean, look, he reached out to Cal Sessions, I posted it. He did like a Coldplay cover. He did this whole oh, nice. mixtape called The Cold Tapes. Oh, People nice. clowned him for it. I thought it was fucking genius. I didn't care that he was called Breezy Lovejoy. It's that, which is a really <laughs> bad name. That sounds like the worst poor name ever, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now he's Anderson Pock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like now he. Has dropped the more than more anticipated albums of 2018. Probably, I'll say this much: I, I can't think of an album that's even that's that's more ambitious than this than this album. This album is trying to do things where, like, it's got it's got the music and the skits, and it, like this album is going for the gusto. It is, it is, but it didn't really need to. Yes, and I think <laughs> I think we're kind of on the same page. This. I think he's a fantastic performer. I think he's a fantastic songwriter. I think he, he knows music very well. I, I just think that if anything, I, I think this is what happens to a certain... And the thing is, this is, a, this is a good album. I actually like this album a lot. But I think its failures have to do with the fact of where I think he got a little bit too much of a budget this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think... I wouldn't say like he's getting out of his... I mean, Anderson Pack has many lanes. Yes. So I wouldn't say like he was out of his lane, but like you know, like on left or right, he's like speaking in patois, like the worst. And as a, as a West Indian, good lord, it's it's basically it's it, it makes Cool Runnings seem like harder they come. It's arguably one of the worst West Indian accents I've ever heard in my life. And he wrote a not only did he write a song about it, that was the album closer. So he was like, yeah. This is bringing it home. Right? Yeah, this is this is gonna this is gonna kill the fucking. Oh, this is it right yeah. here. So that's where it's like, ah, oh. yeah, like that, that's a, not a lane you want to veer into. Yeah, and <laughs> and like I said, the that's, thing that's is, like the HOV lane yeah. when you have one person. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it 
it's not a bad like musically. It's not a bad song. It's just like who told you that you're supposed to take this pretty much like this modern 2018, let's say you know, high concept Bruno Mars funk song, <laughs> and try to force it into basically carnival carnival cruise reggae song. <laughs> It's like who told you that this would be a good like a good combo? No, I mean, yeah, no. So yeah, it, it, <laughs> like I don't know, maybe Dr. Dre. Like he's stuck in the two thousands, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe it's Dre. I, can, I can, that's all I can think of. But because yeah. like there's there's several tracks here that I feel like they're stuck in the two thousands, like Sweet Chick, which is literally just the rehash of Jay Z's Girls. Yes, well, actually, but sadly, I thought that was cute. I actually liked the. I, I, I it, assuming it was, it was a homage. I like the updated stereotypes. It there. was, it was a, cl- yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was clever. Like number one, Anderson Park is probably like, the most misogynistic rapper <laughs> uh, of this generation. Like, I mean, you know, and it's not saying like not with this album. Like even like Suede, like <laughs> it's like on some seventies. Yeah, 80s Ike Turner shit. Yes, agreed. <laughs> but it, but it, but the thing but, is, I think it's because it goes with the whole. Like, the reason why I think it's less jarring than, let's say, like, like a, and a, this is a weird callback, but I remember like listening to like um, Uzi, not Uzi Vert, it was um, Playboy Cardi, Thailand, which I thought was very misogynistic. But I think it's because there, it's because you had this like this trap music, which don't get me wrong, it's not necessarily the most empowering female wise. Yeah, but he's doing this almost like Kitty Yelp. And he's talking about, you know, like, like, bitches better bring home my money. So that's where it was a disconnect. With Anderson Pox, this is this, like, 70s funk influence. I was like, this misogyny makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I first thought about misogyny. 70s influence r and <laughs> But yeah, so, like, you know, it, it, look, people love Suede. <laughs> that's, like, a, one of the most misogynistic songs I've, I've heard in a long time. Uh, but no, so, like, like, Sweet Chick, and I think there's a couple other tracks that are just, like, Damn, dude! Like you're going to put your girl out because like you're fucking up. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like like one of the things that yeah, I think I was reading on the hip hop heads subreddit. Somebody said this about this album, which I totally agree. Like the highest highs on this album are not nowhere near the highest highs on Malibu, which Malibu would. I uh, yeah, would no, say the, I, I would say I would say not near the highest highs of Malibu, and I would say like the cohesion of um, him and knowledge. Uh, was it nowhere? I forget the name of the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, yeah. No, NX yeah. worries. NX yeah, worries. NX yeah. worries. Like there's nowhere near the highest highs of NX worries. Yeah, and, and I you know? and I and I and I guess that I think it's because he went maximals. And here's the thing: this is still a good album. This is still an album where you've got some great tracks. I, I think that uh, even though people love, I'm not a big fan of Tints. But I definitely love like afterwards the who who are you six summers. There's a lot of great things to be had here. You've got 14 songs. I make an argument that you know probably a good five to six of them are just really dope ass songs. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like, six summers is probably my favorite. song. Yes, it's a great song. Yes, because <laughs> you know it, it's like an anti-Trump song. Yes, which we need more of. Yeah, but it's like he plays around with it. Like it, it's so cheeky and subtle. Where it's like it's not like it'll sound old in like yeah. like five years. Where yeah. we, we've moved on to I don't know, who knows? <laughs> probably President Trump part two, but hopefully somebody else. But it, it won't age after you move past the Trump era. Like, yeah, sorry, sure. yeah, yeah. It's like it's literally just like yo. Know, I, I hope Trump Trump has a love child who's quite you know like El Salvadoran and she's lesbian. Yeah, and, like he's all the things that Trump hates. Yeah. And I think it's like, it, like I love that song. It's so cool. And then it's also like turning the lens back on us. Like, like 
what was it like uh you know six summers but you like uh nothing will change for three or something like that yeah. you know and like it's really kind of cool to kind of see that um so yeah no that's that like he has like a lot of moments of greatness on this song on this album sorry um but i i feel like i it's 14 songs but i feel like it's it's like it still like seems seven songs too long to me you know it seems <laughs> and then and then arguably and, and this is a word i feel like we didn't have to give out for a while some of the worst kids i've ever heard oh yeah and then and then and this one skit where it's just like it's violent there's gunshots it's everything and i'm just like no even gunshots it's like a car accident yeah and then, yeah, 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 and then yeah. so i'm driving and i'm like and i'm like i'm scared i'm like what the fuck happened <laughs> and then what's weird about it is the fact of where it serves no purpose like at least usually with skits they serve a purpose or they're funny or whatever whatever even that one skit with that um the wannabe girls 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 song just felt like all right so the girl it's like it's like she's shooting up and she's mad because she caught you cheating and it's not it's not funny yeah and and that's the weird thing where you just you just find out you just feel like he had a lot of time in the studio yeah yeah <laughs> but it, it's weird just coming off of Mal- malibu like it just seemed and I guess, like, he was saying, like, oh, I'm just trying to, like, explore new worlds. And I'm sure, like, he's been, you know, like, since in the past two years, since Malibu, like, he's blown up and he's, like, experiencing new things. But it seemed way more immature to me. Yes. Um, and and, and you, what's ironic is, I, and this is an album we haven't really covered, which is, but on the low is pretty good, was uh, Dirty Computer, Janelle Monet. Yeah. So I, I kind of... You know, I'm driving around. I, I did a lot of driving over the weekend, so I was like, I, I played Anderson Park a couple of times, and then I was like, all right, let me go back to Janelle Monet. What's interesting is you kind of have, in in her music also, she goes for maximalist stuff. It's like she's mm. got high concepts, high this, high that. Yeah. She's definitely working on a higher level. It's not like I'm just gonna make, you know, when I'm bored at home, write you know, write a bunch of songs, go record them in the studio, sequence them, and this is an album. She's got an overarching theme. She's going up for, you know, um, she's going for like concept album greatness. And so it's interesting because you see what she does with the concept where even though she's rhyming about Android lesbian computers and shit, it's maximalist. But at the same time, the songs are very simple and very down to earth. And I think that's why those songs worked overall on that project and how it was a solid album. Again, I'm not a, I don't think it's the greatest album ever, but it's a very good album. I could listen to it from back from beginning to end and enjoy it all. Yeah. Or if Anderson Park, I feel like he has these really great concepts, but I don't think he knows how to put it together. I just think he just had way too many resources at his disposal. I think when he had Malibu, where he was a little bit, you know, a little bit more below the radar oh, yeah. that he was able to put together. I think when it was him and somebody else where his worst impulses were able to kind of get, you know, in check because it's like this guy's making your beats. Yeah. He can't fucking come out there and have, you know, whatever crazy ideas there. It's like, this, this is all I got, dog. This, this sample and these fucking drum beats. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, going back, back to Dr. Dre, <laughs> when you when you want aftermath and you're his big premiere rapper and you know this dude's got more money than god and probably a studio that's probably fucking probably a mini mansion i think kind of being somebody who's also re- relentlessly creative as he is yeah i think we kind of got some of the worst and, I, and the thing is i feel bad because i feel like we're sacking off on the album like it's bad it's not a bad album guys it's actually a good album it's just not a great album no i, I and i think the problem is like after, like, I, I think we're all kind of chasing this great album of 2018. Yes. And I feel like we haven't, like, there's not, no album where people are just like, oh, man, this is, like... This is it. That everybody can agree with. Yeah. Like, and, you know, and Malibu was an album for... I mean, I, I would say Anderson's not, like, a huge superstar, but 
among the circles that we run in, in among the tastemaker yeah. circles, Malibu was like a, an album that a lot of people can't agree on. Yeah, it was a critically came album, and I think that even on those, those lists, if it wasn't, it may not have been number one, but it was definitely top five to ten. Yeah, yeah. So like when we look like at you know when we say Anderson Pax is, is dropping a new album, and like he's dropped some really really cool singles, like the one single for the Apple commercial, which, which was, is which is not on the album, which is another weird choice. Not, but I think it's because album. it's too simple. It's just a little yeah. electro beat and him yeah. and him singing. So he's like, I yeah. can't have this. Where are the horns? Yeah. Where's the skits? And <laughs> I, I think like people were expecting that, and like you know, we got this album, which you know, I I, I think you know, I I see a soundtrack to a movie that doesn't exist, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I think you know, like I think people's expectations were so high, and then. You know, and not saying like I said, like it's not a bad album. It's a good album. It's a really good listen. It's a good album. I, I, I recommend to everybody give it a listen. Like I said, it's you know, just that low, yeah. lower your expectations. Lower expectations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's it's not it's not as good as Malibu, in my yeah. opinion. Like it, it's 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 his weakest project, but that's not to say that it's a bad project. Yeah, it's just that you know I hope he comes a little, like like I just hope he comes a little tighter. I hope that you know he comes out there and he. He 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 lessens his his worst impulses. Yeah, I mean, and look, like I'm not mad. Like the dude, you know, he's mad. Like I, like I said, he's not like super popular. But you throw out Anderson Pack in the right circles, people know his name, so yeah. he's feeling himself a little bit. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I, I think he he really kind of needs to work with somebody who will give him a little bit more co- cohesion yeah. and just like. You know, just really kind of flesh out exactly what you know, like makes him so great. Yeah, agreed, so. agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, what are, what are we listening to? I'll start off with me, just because uh, this weekend I was I was out in Cali for a wedding, and uh, even though it was Southern California specifically, um, I was playing all black. That's right, all caps too. <laughs> all black. I'm raising my fist right exactly. now. Exactly. But uh, but it basically, long story short, um, the reason why it came under my radar is there's um, a guy called Kenny Beats, who surprise surprise is a producer. But um, what's interesting about Kenny Beats is that he's had an interesting career path where he was actually I won't say a huge producer back in the days, let's say circa five eight ish years ago, five ten years ago. Yeah. But he you know he produced like a Schoolboy Q song, like he was up and coming, and at the time and. Basically, long story short, even though he's making beats, you know, this is this is post like the back in the days where, you know, you could make a beat and get fucking, you know, half a million dollars and just fucking delivering in suitcases and fucking strippers. <laughs> long story short, he was struggling, even though he was making some dope ass beats, he was struggling. And so basically, like any smart person, he was like, oh, look, this whole trap EDM thing is huge. Let me hop on this wave, which he did and basically became very successful during that for a minute. And so as a result, after all these years of making money, presumably hand over fist, he's like, look, I'm not really, really being fulfilled by this. Yeah. And he said to kind of come back and just become a regular hip hop producer. And this 2018 in particular has been great for him because he's had stuff on um, Rico Nasty. The, the last uh, Finn Staples album was pretty much 99% produced by him. Um, and also on this, again, all caps, all black album, he produces the whole thing. Right. And what I like about Kenny Beats is the fact of where he has dope beats, which kind of seems obvious for me to be talking about him, but it's less about that. It's more like he really is, I think we've kind of reached this place of where um, 
musically as a musician, it's kind of hard to kind of get it out of your pocket. Whereas like, all right, I play this kind of music. This is what I'm really used to. Yeah. And so it's why you have, you hear a lot of weird, weird failures because when you try to chop, jump into different genres, different subgenres, it's hard to do that. It's why like, you know, DJ Premier kind of is hard for him to make a trap song, let's say. It's not yeah. his wheelhouse. Yeah. So what I think is fascinating about Kenny Pete's is that in this past year alone, He's dropped basically. You've got this angry SoundCloud guttural chill freako nasty. You've got this like LA, Southern California, at times internet the internet esque bounce with Vince Staples project. And on again, all caps, all blacks album is straight Bacos like like Bay Area bounce, period. Word. It's all like, you know, the little fun keyboard yeah. and the little, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then so it's just a fun album. And the thing is, with this one, it's, it's basically, it's called Two Minute Drills. Uh, basically, all black, all black is, and you're going to love this. Remember a rapper called The Hundreds? Yeah. Yeah, he's The Hundreds boy. Yeah, it works. Yeah, and then so apparently The Hundreds is like, yo, you should go out there and rap. But it, it's that same, like, like, E40, I'm pretty much offbeat, but time, somehow yeah. onbeat half the time. Yeah. There's funny punchlines. Like, my favorite punchline was, uh, what was it? Uh, Somebody mama gonna pay me to fuck up to that Johnny Gill. <laughs> <laughs> like, this absurd hip hoppery, like, punchlines. And there's this little, like, Bay Area bounce behind it, which is just fucking dope. And so, what I find it fascinating is the fact of, A, I think in general, we kind of don't respect the Bay for what they do. Yeah. But they're fucking awesome, man. Like, yeah. the Bay, what's cool about the Bay is in a place of where we kind of, you know, we're in this weird post-regional, all Southern shit. The Bay don't give a fuck. The Bay's been doing the Bay for, like, decades now. Yeah. And it's still dope music and props to them across the board. You've got, like, somebody, like, like even going back to the E-40 as, a, you know, he's the the, the, the the mega example, but it's kind of cool where somebody like E-40 could be in his 50s, basically. Yeah. And still be relevant. And it's it's something where in a place of hip-hop where they're so concerned of the new, 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 like, who's a new SoundCloud rapper? This guy fell off. This song sucks. Yada, yada, yada. It's cool to see the Bay always fucking support their own. And at the same time, it's cool to hear, like, a young like a, a young producer, too, where he's able to, like, produce different genres and kind of, like, it's not just, like, I do trap. It's not just, like, I do boom bap. He's able to kind of do all these kind of things yeah. and do it pretty well. So going back to the project, too, called Two Minute Drills. It's very short, probably 20. It's Even though it's probably, like, I think eight or nine songs, It's each song is, like, two and a half minutes long. So it's probably not, definitely not thirty minutes, over 30 minutes long. Yeah. But it's a cute little, cute little project. A lot of little football references, you know, and it, it is it's just kind of a fun album and I think that particularly in the kind of in the era we're in where everything's got to be a big release and there's fucking beef behind it and there's a story and yada 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 they just got together made a bunch of you know hyphy beats and rapped about fucking football there's nothing wrong with that yeah and that's what, that's what I listened to a lot this week so cool. props to them cool uh, so I'm going to talk about an album that it's a slight late pass but not that late alright uh, April and Vista okay uh, you are here um, it came out in August. It's one of those albums that I listened to maybe in September ish, and just I, for some reason I forgot to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like it popped up again, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I need to mention this album. Um, so basically, like all the tastemakers are talking about April and Vista. Um, they're basically a a duo from DC. Um, April is a singer and this is kind of the producer so it's kind of like boy girl kind of uh, production okay. vocal duo um, the thing I like about them is it's R&B I wouldn't say it's like 
um, by the numbers R&B, but it has the elements of like, you know, because because R&B is in a weird place where, you know, there's so many good singers, there's so many good producers are kind of in this weird, like, you know, how do we define R&B? Yeah. So you either have like, you know, the eccentric stuff like the Kalela or like FK Twigs, or you have like LMI who's doing kind of like the more like Street R&B, yeah. Mid 90s R&B jacks. Yeah. And like you have like this artist um, who's kind of in the middle um, who kind of it's a bit more traditional but has these elements of you know kind of like you know these like eccentric elements um so it's it's a really cool listen like the way that i pitch it to people is like if you like king um it's kind of i wouldn't say it's along those lines of king but it's just kind of like along those lines of like it's listenable it's really lush it's really cool um, it's, it's a bit more traditional than maybe if you're like a FK Twigs fan, but it's to me it's like it's a really good like soft spot <laughs> of R and B. Um, so yeah, like the the EP is called "You Are Here," um, and these like it's it's kind of interesting. Like in certain circles, I throw out April Vista, and people are like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh shit!" Like that's a shit, you know. But they're not like super popular right now. Um, but I, it, it, to me, it's it's again like I like find music when I'm in the right mood. And I don't like I listened to this album in September. I kind of like forgot about it, um, and then I showed up on a playlist and I started listening again. And it's really cool. Like um, the track called FOMO is really cool. Um, like for show is really cool, and it's just like. The the production is very lush and very kind of like airy. <laughs> um and the lyrics are really like kind of straightforward, but it's still like traditional at the same time. Like it's still something I could like play for my parents in a weird way. Alright. And you're like, you're giving me a look. But like like just work with me, you know. It's, well, it's, there is a, there's a reason why, but I'll because I felt like uh, and and not, not no hate. I hate to interrupt this love session. Oh, but I, I feel like of um one of my big issues of King is the fact of where I, I feel that to be R and B you have to have a certain kind of like funk, let's say. So when you say the parental music, I get a little afraid. Well, all right, yeah, no, <laughs> so. Is it is it Algeroish? Because Algero Algero has some has some no, funk. No, it's definitely not our Algeroish. All right, it's definitely Kingish. You yeah, but see, it's, that's the problem with R and B, right? It's right. just like what is R and B? Oh, you know, it's we have no idea. In two thousand, I I I could always play. We may hate on Playboy Cardi. We may love, let's say, I don't know, um, Earl Sweatshirt. But we both agree that they're both hip hop. I feel the fact of where there's a huge chasm between, let's say, King. And then the FKA twigs, to be honest for you, those are no, two. No, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. And and, and and again, like it's, it's kind of weird because R and B is going through it's like super weird phase where it's like it's 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 trying to redefine itself, but it's still kind of not defining itself. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess like 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 one of the things I like about April Vista is like they kind of straddle both lines. And when I say traditional, I don't I don't mean our outro. I'm I'm probably meaning more like um I see her face in 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 my mind. 
<laughs> Not Eric Sade. Yeah, kind of like a Sade. Um, that kind of R and B. Yeah. Like so, like maybe like leaning on Sade, but also kind of leaning on yep. FKA. Like you know, like yeah. bringing that together. You yeah. know. So um, so yeah, no, I I I think it's a really cool project. Um, I know I'm really late in discussing it. Oh, it's 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 it's. But I I also think like they are not um that well known that I'm not that late. So um, but no, it's it, it's 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 kind of interesting. I feel like they're on the the lips of so many people I know who are very high in the music industry that they're going to be an artist that say in two years, like people were talking about. Keep an eye I, on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think they're there yet, but like people I know who work at major labels um, have talked about them. <laughs> All right. In private conversations. They're next. They're next. They're next. Definitely. Definitely. Cool, um, cool. And they're not algorithm like LMI. Uh, womp womp womp. Who played yeah. apparently Saturday Night Live? I didn't see the performance. Yeah, it's, it was it's, a couple of weeks back. So, it, no, uh, it's, it's last week. It was very algorithm ish. Oh, uh, well, you know, that's that'll be us in the future, though. You know, ruled by you know Skynet, everything. Dude, if, if, if I can create an algorithm so I don't have to come to Brooklyn every week, <laughs> no, nah, I kid, I kid, I kid. The robot is out there. <laughs> I'll send, I'll send the, the, the clone to go do the podcast. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I think that's it. That's it. We that's have to it. go back to our turkey comas. Yeah, relax like relax and we're, uh, we're, eat 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 these five pounds of leftovers I have. <laughs> we're real people. Like we need to like rest. Yes, <laughs> and food and energy. So yes, we can't yes, talk yes. all day. Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> as usual, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. We'll be back next week. Leave us comments. Leave us ideas. Give us your hopes, your dreams, your nightmares, and your fears. Peace. Peace.